welcome to Not So Secular. My name is Mon Reyes. I'm a Catholic lay missionary here in the Philippines and I will be your host here today. As of the time that I am recording this and as of the time that this episode comes out, we had just finished the Philippine elections. That was last Monday and the initial results have already come out and people are going through all sorts of um, emotions, you know. Um, different responses, different reactions are apparent online and in the conversations, the average conversations that we have with different people. Some are sad about it, some are celebrating it, some are gloating even. Some are still processing, trying to understand what they feel, how they can get through the next days with what is happening. And I would like to, I would like to save, I have my own personal thoughts about the elections and uh, the state of our country regarding that, but I'd like to save that for later on, for today at least. I would like to focus on feelings, on emotions. What do I do with these feelings? How might we look at them? What does the Bible have to say about emotions also? And I'll be sharing some of my personal insights, some of my personal reflections um, today, currently, and in the previous years that I have been in ministry, listening to different people's stories and different people's experiences. And um, I figured that that might be at least how I could contribute to what a lot of people are going through right now here in this little platform of mine. And today is also a special day for Not So Secular because exactly one year ago, May 13, 2021, we released the first three episodes of this podcast. So that means that this is our anniversary. This is the podcast's birthday, Not So Secular birthday. And uh, I am grateful for the people who have been supporting and listening to this regularly um, sharing this with their friends, your friends, maybe you're one of those. I am grateful for you. I am excited for how much, uh, how better I, I could I could serve you through through this podcast, and um, I, I look forward to getting to connect with you better. The way that I do that now is through a Facebook group called Not So Secular Discussions and Questions. So you could go ahead and join that. The link will be in the description so that we could get connected. And sometimes that is where I draw some of my ideas for future episodes and some of the things that I share, like memes and current events and stuff like that. And you are very free to post there also about some of the things that you think might be good to discuss and to talk about either there on the group itself or here on the podcast. And so again, thank you very much, everyone. I'm looking for ways to better partner with you. Stay tuned and... Um, yeah, let's 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 go through this together. So yeah, now let's talk about feelings. There is a difference between feelings and emotions, but for the sake of this discussion, I'm just going to use the two words interchangeably. They are related enough to be used that way, although they're not exactly the same, so that things would at least be kept simple. But maybe that's a good place to start, right? What are feelings? Are feelings good or bad? I mean, think about it. Happiness, that's one emotion that we experience. Is happiness a good thing or a bad thing? What do you think? 
Well, it certainly feels good, so there must be some good into it. Maybe not, because sometimes you can be happy for the wrong reasons. What about another feeling? What about sadness? Is sadness a good thing or a bad thing? Well, sadness doesn't feel good. Sadness is not light. It's not, it's not something that you seek out. And so is it a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's what we want to understand here, right? Anger. That's another thing, is, is the feeling of anger, is it a good thing or a bad thing? And if you may notice the way that I'm talking about these things, well, the answer really is, it depends. It's not necessarily a bad thing. It could lead to bad when managed poorly, but emotions are not necessarily a bad thing. I recently read um, this book called Why Emotions Matter. It was written by two people, husband and wife, the Collins, and they're Protestant, so some of the things that they say aren't exactly, you know, quite fit with the Catholic perspective, but it's useful, and I think it's a good, um, it's a good dive into understanding our emotions and why we feel them, and the way that they describe emotions is that they are signals, so the, the example that they give, so try to imagine your car, right? if you, if you open the hood of your car, it's complicated. Not everyone is equipped to understand it. And you might not know what goes where, which should be put here, what needs to be assessed. And not just that, if you go underneath your car, you'll find plenty more that you don't understand. But a car in itself looks simple enough. You know how to operate it. You know how to drive it. You might not know how to fix it or what exactly is wrong just by looking at it. But that is why we have the dashboard. Right? So if you ride your car, if you're the driver, you have in front of you certain signals. How fast are you going? How much gas do you still have? Certain lights. Are the doors open? Is someone not wearing their seatbelt yet? And these, these different signals that you find in the dashboard of your car, these help you understand the complexity that is happening underneath the hood or underneath your car that you might not understand. And emotions are kind of similar. You, you, it's difficult to understand your body. It's difficult to understand your whole being. There might be some things that are happening there that are more complex to be simply pointed out or articulated, right? Although it, it is possible for certain experts to a certain degree. But you see, your emotions are what helps you navigate those things and understand or, or at least notice those signals so that you could interpret them, understand what it is that you are going through or what the state of your heart may be so that you could then respond to it. So emotions are not necessarily a bad thing. Even the emotions that doesn't feel good, they're not necessarily a bad thing. So for example, the emotion, that the one that we mentioned a while ago, anger, is anger a bad thing? Well, anger is a response it's a response. And anger could be a response in a sense of you wanting to protect someone or you wanting to protect yourself. And it gives you the energy that you need to fight back or to stand up and leave. You know, something that maybe you wouldn't regularly consider or regularly have the, have the capacity to if you were just feeling, you know, neutral or well, not neutral, but if, if it's just flat, right? Anger gives you a certain amount of energy for you to accomplish things that you wouldn't have otherwise. But that, that, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But when can anger turn bad? It's when you use your anger to do 
nasty things that you wouldn't again necessarily do if you were just feeling meh. It, it, that, that's that's part of the experience of anger. So the experience is a signal. That signal is meant to be interpreted. It's meant to be processed. It can lead to bad when you respond to it in a bad way. But it can also lead to good because it gives you the energy to be able to do what you have to do at that moment. And sometimes if if you're in front of you know, some something or someone that could physically hurt you or someone that you care about, that emotion of anger is what wells up in your heart and allows you to defend yourself or defend the person that you love. And so anger, again, it's not necessarily a bad thing unless it's turned into something else. Anger as an emotion is different from hatred as a disposition. And it's important to know the difference. The same goes for something like happiness. Happiness is not necessarily a good thing. It feels good, but it's not necessarily a good thing because like I mentioned, we could be happy for all the wrong reasons. And sometimes happiness could blind us from some of the things that are happening in front of us because we just don't notice as much when we are happy. We're celebrating. That's not a bad thing. Again, it's not a good thing also necessarily. It depends on the situation. depends on how you understand those signals. It depends on how you respond to it. It depends. And so what is important for us to understand is for when we go through these different emotions, when we go through these different feelings, let's experience them. Let's allow them to, let's allow these emotions to be felt. And I remember one of my, one of my leaders we would say, when it comes to, to emotions, you know, you feel them, but you don't feed them. Feel them, but don't feed them. It's important for us to go through what we need to go through because it allows us to understand, again, the state of our hearts. And sometimes there are some things in there that we wouldn't recognize or wouldn't notice because the complexity of the complexity of our lives, of our bodies. But those signals help us interpret where we are and maybe the next steps that we need to take. And so it's important for us to understand these things. It's important for us at least to seek to reflect Okay, not understand just in an intellectual manner, but to reflect on what we are experiencing so that we could respond better. And the beautiful thing about um, the scriptures and about our faith is, is that, you know, it, it shows us the experience of these different emotions. The Bible is not, <laughs> it's not sanitized of, of the complexity of people. In fact, it's so rich. It's so rich with that. And for today, at least, I'd like to focus on one section of the Bible called the Psalms. And the Psalms is the largest collection of poems in the Bible. It has around one, it has 150, not around, it has 150 poems, songs, and prayers. As a whole, it has a coherent design. It flows from one part to the other. But individually also, it's very, it's very rich with meaning and emotion. And it was written by several different authors, including Asaph, David, Solomon, Moses, and some are anonymous. And uh, the beautiful thing about poetry is that it invites us to slow down. Something that we need nowadays because everything is so fast-paced. Everything is so heated. Everything is just, you know... Um, intense. And then that's not always helpful. It's not always helpful for us to understand ourselves, understand our situation, understand our hearts. And 
the city is very noisy and and sometimes we need that we need poetry we we need something like this to help us slow down diba? because you don't read poetry in the same way that you would read a journal you won't you don't read poetry in the same way that you would read a news article that you find on facebook where you're just looking for the facts you're just looking for exactly what it is that you need from that article when you read poetry if you read poetry it invites you to slow down to let these things sink in, to lean in and allow yourself to experience at least what the author has to say. And that is that is part of the beauty of the Psalms. And, and the thing about the Psalms is it, it shows us, you know, uh, the human experience. So what I want to do at least is to read some and then... Let's talk about it. You know, I want to read a handful of Psalms. I'm going to be referencing this in the description also if you want to read along or if you want to read it for yourself. That would be great. I'll be reading from the New American Bible Revised Edition. And um, as we're going through this, it can, it can be easy to just let this play in the background, especially if you're doing something else or um, something like that. But again, the poetry and the Psalms are, are meant to be meditated upon. And so if you could, you know, if, if you could focus more on what you are hearing, that would be great. Or if you want to dedicate another time for you to listen to this more intently or to read it for yourself more intently, that would be better rather than just to leave it as some sort of white noise. And so let's let's talk about it, right? The first psalm that I'd like to read to you is Psalm 3. This was written by David during the time when he was being chased by Absalom, his son, who rebelled against him. And pay attention to the words, pay attention to the emotions being expressed, how David uses this prayer, how David speaks to the Lord and speaks to his heart. And um, let's sit in it and experience it with him as we read it. This is from Psalm 3. It says, a psalm of David when he fled from his son Absalom. How many are my foes, Lord? How many rise against me? How many say of me there is no salvation for him in God? But you, Lord, are a shield around me. My glory, you keep my head high. With my own voice I will call out to the Lord, and he will answer me from his holy mountain. I lie down and I fall asleep. And I will wake up, for the Lord sustains me. I do not fear, then, thousands of people arrayed against me on every side. Arise, Lord, save me, my God, for you strike the cheekbone of all my foes. You break the teeth of the wicked. Salvation is from the Lord. May your blessing be upon your people. So it starts off with David's questions, right? With his worries, his concerns, which are legitimate. And he brings it up to the Lord. That is a very important part of prayer, being honest with your emotions. And this is something that I say when I give talks, especially to young people. No, God already knows what's in your heart anyway, so you might as well tell him. God already knows. And so when you keep it from him, who are you fooling? Like, sino niloloko mo? Hindi si Lord. It's someone else. It's you. You're just fooling yourself if you refuse to be transparent, vulnerable with the Lord who already knows what is in your heart. And you telling the Lord what is in your heart is for you so that He could have access to your heart that maybe you have 
you have left closed because of certain pains and certain hurts that you've experienced in the past. And we can be vulnerable with God in prayer. We are invited to be vulnerable with God in prayer. How many are my foes, Lord? That was his question. How many are against me? And this is what they say. They say there's no salvation for him in God. And this is how, how David processes his emotions. He talks to God about it. But it doesn't end there, you know. It doesn't end there. He, he talks about how he calls out to the Lord and how he can lie down and fall asleep and he will wake up for the Lord sustains him. How many of us need that kind of prayer too? How many of us here lose sleep at night because of anxiety, because of fear, because of concern, because of things that we cannot control? The, the beautiful thing about the scriptures is that they it, it acknowledges, it acknowledges the real things that we experience. You know, hope, biblical hope and biblical joy, they're not blind. It's not as if you just, you just ignore the problems that are in front of you, pretending that it doesn't exist. It's not blind optimism. No, joy is not like that. Hope is not like that. Rather, it sees clearly. It sees clearly to recognize what is. But it sees clearly enough also to be able to, to peek a little beyond it in light of who God is and what He has done and what He is doing. And so let's not be afraid to be transparent. And let's not be afraid to draw hope from who He is. The second psalm that I'd like to read to you is from Psalm 8. And this is more of a reflection, a self-reflection of, of the author's identity. It was also written by David. And it goes like this. Let's pay attention. Psalm 8. For the leader upon the Gittith, a psalm of David. O Lord, our Lord, how awesome is your name through all the earth. I will sing of your majesty above the heavens with the mouths of babes and infants. You have established a bulwark against your foes to silence enemy and avenger. When I see your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him little less than a god, crowned him with glory and honor, you have given him rule over the works of your hands. Put all things at his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and whatever swims the paths of the seas. O Lord, our God, how awesome is your name through all the earth. Like I mentioned, this is a reflection on human dignity, the value of people in light of in light of what God gives, because as it says here, God, the Lord has created so many beautiful things, so many awesome things, so many wonderful things here on earth. And yet, what is man? Who, who am I that you are mindful of me? Who am I that you give me this kind of dignity, that you give me this kind of attention, that you give me this kind of responsibility even, this, this kind of value even? This is a reflection on who we are in light of who God is. And this is an important reminder for us because when we are going through intense emotions, it is so easy for us to miss and to forget our own value or the value of the people whom we feel these strong emotions toward. And this is a reminder this is a reminder. This is part of what how, how the Bible speaks about emotions. That, that, yes, we need to be transparent and vulnerable and tell God what is, how it is, how we're experiencing these things. But alongside that, 
We want to open our hearts to being reminded of who we are and more importantly, who He is. Psalm 8 is a very beautiful psalm and um, again, I, I recommend that you go through these on your own also, that you read through this by yourself, put it in your prayer time if you do that. I hope you do that. <laughs> and um, yeah, let's go on ahead to the next psalm. So next we'll read from Psalm chapter 10. So not that far from chapter 8. And uh, chapter 10 is about questions that is asked upon the Lord about seeking justice, something that we might be able to relate to today. This is what it says. Let's listen in. Psalm 10. Why, Lord, do you stand afar and pay no heed in times of trouble? Arrogant scoundrels pursue the poor. They trap them by their cunning schemes. The wicked even boast of their greed. These robbers curse and scorn the Lord. In their insolence, the wicked boast. God does not care. There is no God. Yet their affairs always succeed. They ignore your judgment on high. They sneer at all those who oppose them. They say in their hearts, We will never fall. Never will we see misfortune. Their mouths are full of oaths, violence, and lies. Discord and evil are under their tongues. They wait in ambush near towns. Their eyes watch for the helpless to murder the innocent in secret. They lurk in ambush like lions in a thicket. Hide there to trap the poor. Snare them and close the net. The helpless are crushed, laid low. They fall into the power of the wicked, who say in their hearts, God has forgotten, shows no concern, never bothers to look. Rise up, Lord, lift up your hand. Do not forget the poor. Why should the wicked scorn God? Say in their hearts, God does not care. But you do see. You take note of misery and sorrow. You take the matter in hand. To you, the helpless can entrust their cause. You are the defender of orphans. Break the arm of the wicked and depraved. Make them account for their crimes. Let none of them survive. The Lord is king forever. The nations have vanished from his land. You listen, Lord, for the needs of the poor. You strengthen their heart and incline your ear. You win justice for the orphaned and oppressed. No one on earth will cause terror again. I, I love this psalm also because it's very real. It talks about the wicked. It talks about bad people. Bakit ganon, Lord? Why is this happening? Why does it seem like you're so far away? Why does it seem like the bad people get away with all of these things that they are doing? Why do they keep on succeeding? Do, do these verses feel familiar to you? Uh, the Bible speaks about these very real things that happen in society, that happen uh, as part of human experience. Why does it seem like the bad thing get their, the bad people get their way, and the good people get trampled upon, and the good people are not noticed, and the good, the good people are abandoned and abused? And why does this happen, Lord? Why is this happening? You see, that hunger for justice is 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 a very good thing. It's a very good thing. And the Bible speaks about it. It is not ignored by the word of the Lord. The, the God does acknowledge the injustices that are happening here on earth right now. But this hunger for justice, let's not allow it to corrupt our hearts. Let's not allow it to corrupt our souls. Because, because at the end of the psalm, as, as the psalmist talks about, God does see, God does care, and He is doing something. Just because we don't see it doesn't mean that nothing's happening. 
And oftentimes, part of what God does, as we talked about this in, in our very first episode, when God does something, He does it through people. And maybe part of what He's doing is He's allowing you to notice so that you could do something about it also. And other people could do something about it also. We are meant to be the image-bearing children of God here on earth. It is, this is part of our call. This is not to say, those two are not exclusive. Huh? It's not to say in a parang, when people are doing something, that means that God is just waiting around for people to act. And when God is doing something, that means that we don't have to do something. Those two are not exclusives. God does something and we are invited to participate. How we participate matters. How we take part in what He is doing matters. And it is okay for us to see and to call out these injustices and to, and to bring them up to the Lord in prayer even, to do our role, to do our part. That is not a bad thing. But again, feelings, emotions, they're not necessarily good or bad, but it matters what we do with them. It matters how we respond. It matters how we rise up. It matters. And I guess that's something that we need to hear. <laughs> For a lot of people, it matters what you're going through. God is a God who does not waste suffering. He does not waste pain. Even though He doesn't always want it. Even though He simply allows it sometimes because of our own deeds or the deeds of other people that we are affected by. God does not waste suffering and He can use these bad decisions and evil intent. Even that, in His sovereignty, He can use it as an opportunity for good. And so let's be, let's have our eyes open for what God might be doing in our lives. I understand that it's so easy to feel helpless and hopeless and, but God does care. God does see. As we bring things to an end here in this episode, um, I want to speak more about the two tendencies that we have when we are dealing with emotions and the first one is that we fully give into it. We succumb to our emotions. The second one is we don't give anything to it at all. We suppress our emotions. We either succumb to our emotions or we suppress our emotions. Either feelings are everything or feelings are nothing. But you see, that's not how it goes. Feelings are signals. They point us toward things that might need to be addressed, acknowledged, or just recognized. And um, these emotions that we go through, these experiences, it allows us to connect with others. We call it empathy, right? When we, when we talk about that. Because when we have a shared experience, a shared emotion, a shared feeling, we understand each other better. That is Part of the reason why it is, it is encouraged that we talk to others about this, people that we trust. A good perspective to have when we're dealing with our feelings is that they're not bad, but they're not absolute. It's not everything, but it is something. Feelings are not always reliable because, you know, you can feel certain things about certain situations that are not aligned. Something bad is happening, but you feel good about it. Something good is happening, but you feel bad about it. So... It's not always a reliable measure of objective reality, although it is influenced by that, so you get some sense into it also. Just because something feels good doesn't mean that it is good, but they are important indicators. And when we learn to recognize those signals well, and when we learn to harness them well also, guided also by our will, guided by the Spirit of the Lord, then it can be a force for good. 
the heroes of our faith did not just succumb to their emotions. They did not just suppress their emotions, the saints and Jesus himself. No, rather they recognized their emotions and moved forward with it in the right manner. In the manner that is pleasing to the Lord, in the manner that allows us to cooperate with what he is doing. Because not everything is up to us and not everything is up to him. Rather, like I mentioned, it is an interplay, it's a relationship, it's a cooperation, it's a partnership that we are being invited to. And when we notice these things that upset us, even e either with ourselves or with society or with our relationships or with other people, it is important for us to recognize what we are going through, to feel it but not feed it, and to move forward. Not just to leave it behind as if it doesn't matter, but to recognize, okay, Lord, this is what I feel right now. This is what I'm going through right now. This is what I see. This is what I hear. This is where my heart is. How are you purifying me here? What step do you, would you want me to take next? How can I best cooperate with what you are doing here on earth? I have confidence that you love me. I can trust in you even though I'm going through all this mess. I'm not denying what I'm going through. I'm not denying what is in my heart. I'm not denying what I'm feeling. I fully recognize it. And with it, I go forward also firm in the fact that you are bigger than all that I'm going through. You see, Jesus is someone who walks this life with us. He himself recognized. He knew pain. He knew suffering. He was not exempt from it. The God that we serve, that we worship, that we follow, Jesus himself was sacrificed on the cross. He gave himself up. He is someone who knew suffering and we can take comfort and find courage in that fact. Suffering is real and it's not like we only have two options. It's not despair and hopelessness versus blind optimism positive thinking that is false, that those are not the only two options. Joy and hope sees reality for what it is and acknowledges it, recognizes it, but it also sees it clearly enough to recognize what might be beyond it. I hope that this episode could at least offer some perspective. Um, I want this also to be an invitation for us to recognize where we are um, regardless, I, I'm speaking about this, you know, after the elections, but it's not limited. This topic is not limited to the elections, of course. This is something that we go through on a regular basis. And uh, my invitation for you is to be honest with the Lord, to trust in His goodness in the process while we are being honest with the Lord, and to try to identify how He might be purifying you and how you might continue to walk with Him where He is inviting you. And the last one, the last psalm that I'd like to read for you today is Psalm 139. And I'd like this to be the end of this episode. Thank you very much for listening all the way through. And do give us a rating if you find this valuable. Share this with your friends for someone who might need it. Anyway, here's Psalm 139. For the leader, a psalm of David, Lord, you have probed me and you know me. You know when I sit and stand. You understand my thoughts from afar. You sift through my travels and my rest. With all my ways you are familiar. 
Even before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it all. Behind and before you encircle me and rest your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, far too lofty for me to reach. Where can I go from your spirit? From your presence, where can I flee? If I ascend to the heavens, you are there. If I lie down in Sheol, there you are. If I take the wings of dawn and dwell beyond the sea, even there your hand guides me. Your right hand holds me fast. If I say, surely darkness shall hide me and night shall be my light, darkness is not dark for you, and night shines as the day. Darkness and light are but one. You formed my inmost being. You knit me in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, my very self you know. My bones are not hidden from you. When I was being made in secret fashioned in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me unformed. In your book all are written down. My days were shaped even before one came to me. How precious to me are your designs, O God! How vast the sum of them! Were I to count them, they would outnumber the sands. When I complete them, still you are with me. When you would destroy the wicked, O God, the bloodthirsty depart from me. Your foes who conspire a plot against you are exalted in vain. Do I not hate, Lord, those who hate you? Those who rise against you do I not loathe? With fears hatred I hate them, enemies I count as my own. But probe me, God, know my heart. Try me, know my thoughts. See if there is a wicked path in me, and lead me along an ancient path. Thank you very much, everyone, and I'll see you next episode. Bye!